What's going on, guys? Welcome to episode two of the Creators Connected podcast. So we are back this week for a hot new episode. Um, I'm back with Matt, and he is sitting right across from me, and we are going to discuss some cool topics. So let's just jump right into it. And um, so it's been a week since I've seen you. Um, a lot has gone down. I've been away. Yeah, you've been away. You've been in uh, Los Angeles. I was in Los Angeles, and you, I saw you were on a boat somewhere. <laughs> Yeah, we took a, me and Alicia started trying to take weekends off because wow. we never do take weekends off and yeah. we figured that it would probably be uh, best to operate like a, I don't know, like real people instead of trying like pretend that we're this like business that operates 24-7 and like responds immediately. Yeah. So we're, we started to take weekends off, um, just unwind a little bit and kind of relax and, Clear and your head. get back into things. Yeah. 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 What about you though? Where were you, and and how many days were you gone for? So I was gone. I was in LA for, what was it, two two days or two nights? Right. Um, I flew into LA, had some food out there. Yeah. And then we took an Uber down to Anaheim, and that's where VidCon was this week. So I was at VidCon, and it was quite the experience. It was definitely, it was weird. Like remember last episode, I was telling you how. I was super obsessed with like YouTube and yeah. back when I was like 16 and that's all I wanted to do. And I remember back in the day, VidCon was something that I was like obsessed with and I wanted to experience what it was like to go to VidCon. And so you like aspired to go there? Yeah, it was yeah. like where all the big creators went and I, I thought I would never make it. But this year, I made it. I did it. I made it to, to VidCon and experienced what I've always wanted to experience. And let me tell you, it... I don't know if it exceeded or met expectations. I would say it probably it probably met more than exceeded, just because. Um, I don't well, know. You've been you've been in the environment for so long. Like you've been in, um, like the creative atmosphere for so long. But I feel like if you were a kid back when you were yeah. starting, and yeah. if you went into it now, it would exceed expectations. But now you're kind of been accustomed to it after meeting so many talented yeah. creatives. But I really wanted to like. Yeah, like it probably would have made it a lot better if I wasn't doing this and I haven't, I didn't meet some people that I've met already, like I, right. being fresh into it, but um, I did meet some pretty, pretty like big people that played a big role in like my, um, like kind of come up to where I am now, like as in like creatives and video people, like I, I'll tell you, I'll tell you kind of what happened, but yeah, like, so we were there, we were walking around the convention center and like there's these people that I watch on YouTube. They're like, they're probably like the biggest on there right now. His name's, you probably heard of his name's David Dobrik. And like, mm -hmm. he's part of like the vlog squad. And yeah, I was just walking down the street. I was walking to the convention center and I see a big, like black Escalade pull up to me and it has a big YouTube, um, sticker on the side on the window. So I look, I looked over my shoulder and there was one of the vlog squad members just sitting in the front seat, just, looking right at the window and I'm like looking right at him just like freaking out and so I run like in the same direction as the SUV is going and I'm just running down the street just to see if I can make it to where they're going and got there and I get into the convention center and I see them all just sitting there and I'm freaking out like this is yeah this is a big deal it's big for you yeah but I'm not one of those people that go up to these celebrities and like ask for pictures and and like autographs like it's just I don't know it's not my personality I feel weird doing it so I'm just like I'm looking back like from a distance in awe 
and that's that's all i need that's like all the gratification that i need but yeah it was super cool to see them there's like all these big big youtubers that thought i would never see but the one thing i did like realize that once i was there is these people are like they're just regular people and yeah we put them on a pedestal when we watch them on youtube and I, I do the same thing like i i make them out to be such like great people but it's they're they talk just like us like yeah. they think like us they just i don't know it's just it's weird to see that in perspective and i think it, it's kind of humbling which which is good yeah but one thing that i did really like that kind of blew my mind i thought it was super cool is there's this guy his name's Fun for Louis, he was... Uh, yeah, I've seen so many of his videos. Yeah. He's wicked dude. Yeah, so he's like he's from the UK. He does a lot of cool travel stuff, and he kind of lives up by this motto of uh, live the adventure, and he just kind of, I don't know, like he just does a lot of cool stuff, and I remember watching him when I was younger and just like aspiring to be, like have that kind of mindset where he's just always like on the go, living the adventure and like doing new things and showing people what he's doing, and that was... That was so cool to me, and I actually ran into him at the uh, at a Facebook lounge. He was just sitting there, and ran into him and another guy, um, and talked to them for a bit. And it was just so cool being on that personal level with them talking about like creating content. It wasn't anything like I wasn't like. I was fanboying out internally, but <laughs> internally you're trying to maintain like yeah. this like level head and yeah. talking to have a conversation. Yeah. But it wasn't like, I wasn't like, like bowing at his knees in, yeah. in that moment, but just talking to him on like a, on a personal creator level. And I thought that was just, oh, it was so cool. And yeah, it's, it's something that I never forget. And I think it just drives me into the, into the direction of wanting to get to that level more. And it's, it's inspiring so yeah that's kind of that's kind of what happened this weekend is a lot of uh eye-opening events being there and seeing these guys and talking to people talking to reps and yeah it was, it was cool it was a good time so i'm back now and not sure what's next but i guess we'll kind of talk about that and yeah yeah so and what about what about the uh so you had you had the opportunity to go to the so does do different companies go in and like sponsor different lounges and things like that? Cause yeah. Like you said Facebook was. Yeah. So companies like, let's see. There's a lot of um, a lot of agencies will have their own lounges. They'll do it up. They'll deck it out like super. Like marketing agencies or uh, like, like no social like, media. Not really. Like they're, what do you call them? I think it's like they're like management agencies. Like oh, um, okay. Like Studio Seventy One. Um, broadband like all those yeah companies that manage different uh creators i guess right but so they'll have their lounge and you go, you can go in if you if you've been invited by them and right. you get their wristband you can go in there get drinks meet with uh reps and like it's just kind of like a meeting spot and it's pretty cool to be in there so yeah. we went into a couple different uh different lounges and talked to a couple different reps we went to had a couple lunches and uh right. yeah it's just a good like a good spot to connect with people and everybody that's in there is in there for a reason it's not like just random people off the street can go in yeah so everyone has some sort of importance which is nice like you don't have to weed out the oh you know you don't like who you're talking to you yeah. don't know who they are you, you know that everyone's there for a purpose exactly yeah, yeah. and uh okay. there was one really cool lounge it was uh it was 
they actually, I think they had the best one there at uh, Epidemic Sound, you know. Oh, yeah, they've they've grown really big. Yeah, they um, actually got, like, the, they had the, right in front of the pool, they had, like, the whole pool lounge and, like, really? they had, like a DJ and all that stuff. And every, there's a bunch of Epidemic uh, reps there, and I got to talk to a couple of them, mm. which is really nice. And, um, yeah, hopefully one day can work work with them but so what what's the benefit of um going to these events and meeting with reps like what's the what's like the the ultimate end goal when you talk to reps i think it's just like um it's kind of just schmoozing giving your cards uh showing people what you do like showing them your content because it's like it's like talking on emails but in person obviously and you get a lot like the connection is a lot better they get to see put a face to a name Right. And um, you, yeah, you exchange information. It's kind of just like a little mingling, like uh, cocktail party. Okay. So it's a good idea for those who are looking to kind of secure contracts with their content or um, yeah. start building relationships exactly. with their businesses. Okay, cool. But it's hard. You, you kind of have to be in the industry to get like the invite to it. You can't just like... You can't just walk into emails. every place yeah. and be like, hey, how's it going? My name is... Yeah, it's not yeah. like a... It's like an invite only thing. Right. Yeah. Which it's, it's kind of like for 95% of the people like that want to go, like can't go, which exactly. kind of sucks. But yeah, if you get the opportunity to go, it's, it's a cool, cool thing. Definitely. That sounds sweet. Yeah, it was cool. Okay. But yeah, enough about, enough about that. Like, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's not yeah. important, right? It's just so, so casual. Exactly. Um, yeah, so uh, I guess this podcast and what we can talk about is like how to go from like i guess like hobbyist to freelancer and actually building a substantial business in freelance or even building a brand yeah and i think we both uh we both experienced this and we've had to kind of build something from nothing which yeah. most people do if if they're making money from from their uh craft but yeah i think both of us have kind of a unique uh story on how we did it let's i'll let you for me i'll let you uh start it off because i started last i started well, what last. uh what do we want to talk about do you want to talk about like um like the creators or just like freelance businesses in general just freelance like what yeah how did you start making money from like, like i did web design first yeah exactly but yeah how did how did you because before you're doing web design obviously for like for fun yeah like, yeah it was just kind of like learning and, and just doing everything for um yeah your channels like i was just like yeah yeah like i'll just i'll just do this and try and be good at it and then i'll start reaching out to people and i thought it was gonna be easy but turns how, out it's not easy but how'd you flip that and kind of actually start making money off it so well the first thing i did was um i had no real knowledge on how to market like mm-hmm. i knew how to build the thing and i was like okay hey, cool i have the talent to build the thing i know it's good but I don't have um, I don't have any people on it. Like I don't have any examples. I have like one default example, which was basically my own site, right? Uh, but I didn't have any client like testimonials. Yeah. And I didn't know how to market my stuff, like my services, which I feel like a majority of people are also in that same boat. Because when you start, you you think that. Like, you could be the best in the world, but just because you're the best uh, doesn't mean everyone's going to be able to find you, right? Mm -hmm. So, to me, it was, like, I started with posting on, like, um, like, used, like, marketplaces. Yeah. And I was just, like, oh, web design, like, 500 bucks kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And that probably got me, that got me, like, a a few clients uh, pretty quickly. 
but they were the worst clients ever because right. it's a cheap website. Everyone's like, oh, can you do this? Can you do this? Can you do this? There's always like an up, like do more for me. I'm paying you. And I find that is like a huge issue is like the lower you go on the price point, yeah. the more the client expects is, and- yeah, expects more and tries to like use you, right? Because yeah. they're trying to bite budgets and it's just bad. So I always recommend people when they're starting their business, like, Price yourself fairly. Don't undercut yourself and don't try and be the lowest person on the market mm-hmm. because you just attract the wrong client. And from there, um, from there, I actually, like I, I built up a couple businesses where I was like, hey, now I can use them as uh, examples. Yeah. And I took that and I started going to businesses like downtown. And I would just walk in, literally just like walk into a store and I'd be like, hi, my name is Matt. Nice to meet you. I build websites. Here's my card. Mm-hmm. Um, I've worked with business XYZ and uh, kind of like solidify myself as like uh, an expert. Yeah. And then from there, I got a lot more deals and that's how I ended up signing deals that were from like, so within like two or three months, I went from like $500 per website mm-hmm. to $5,000. And then, like, contracts that I was signing up to $23,000. Yeah. So, very quickly, I, I started, I just tried to, like, learn as much as I could about marketing and, like, growing. Yeah. Um, but literally, the difference in skill didn't change. Between a $500 and a $5,000, no difference in right. skill. It was, it was just, nothing I did different. It was just kind of your confidence of being It able was to, confidence. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. What about you? Like, what did you do for, um, for your, because you were doing videography. Yeah. So mine was pretty, it was pretty much exactly the same as what you just said. Like I, when I first started, I was doing, I was just making stuff for my, like on my YouTube channel. Like I would, I would do like, uh, I would go out on the weekends and kind of just shoot fun stuff. And, and like, let's say I wanted to kind of get the attention of a brand. So I would get like a Herschel backpack or something. Right. And I would go out and film like a little short, like, uh, like two minute like production or like commercial style video for these companies and right. like it wasn't they didn't know that I was doing it they didn't pay me to do it I was just doing it because I wanted to to grab their attention so I would make like videos for like Herschel and whatever whatever company I would feel that would like be suited for a video and I would post it on my YouTube channel and I would send it to um, the company I would like try to find their like PR rep and I would send it to them and sometimes I would get responses back like, oh, this, this is awesome. Like, we really appreciate it. And that didn't really get me anywhere. Like, it was just kind of a fun thing to do. Right. But then I actually started up like a little, I call it like a production company. Who knows if it actually was. It was kind of just like a small little like commercial style um, video company. So I started up under my name as a sole proprietorship. Right. And... Didn't really know what to do with it at that point. Like I was, I kind of just made it just to have it. And I made the website along with it. I built a website uh, on WordPress, for, like from my own, like I had to teach myself how to make this website, which I didn't, I had no uh, knowledge on how to make websites. So I just like had to YouTube, how to make a website on WordPress and built it that way. So I had my website, I had a sole proprietorship under my name and I, yeah, it kind of just sat there and I was like, okay, what now? So I actually kind of hired um, my girlfriend, Courtney, and one of my friends, Tanner. And we were kind of like a little team of 
like I don't know, we were kind of a production team. That's what I like to call it. Right. It was, it was kind of like a cute little thing, like that we like we were young and we called ourselves a production team. But um, like we got business cards, and that it was yeah, it was like the real deal. But I think the thing that really like separated from us just sitting there with a production company and business cards was the fact that we actually like made good content and we got it out there and showed people what we could do. And I think like the word of mouth and like just being good, um, like we just had good like public relations and especially Courtney, like she would talk to people and she would say, we have a production company, here's our card, here's our work. And we kind of just had like a little, we had like a little gallery of our, what do you call it? Your work, like a portfolio. Yeah, we had like a little yeah. portfolio of all these fun little videos that we did, but they were actually good. So people would see that portfolio and they would be like, can you, like, do you want to do a little bit of work for us? And they would offer us like $500 here and there. Like it started off really, really small. Yeah. But it was enough for us to like kind of get that fire to be. To keep going. To keep doing this. Uh, yeah. And so we kept doing those little like $500 things and splitting them among the three of us, which is like. It's very, it ends up being very small. But yeah. yeah, it's a very small amount of money for the work that you're doing, but it pushes you to the point where you start to realize, okay, we need to make more money because this isn't enough to pay. This Anything. barely pays my cell phone bill. Yeah. So we kind of kept upping our prices, yeah. and that was enough to get us to the point where we could charge for we like we could charge bigger amounts of money. Yeah. And we had more. We had more credible work under our uh, portfolio, so it was just that process of keeping, like, doing small little gigs and showing, like, what we can do, and I think that's what got us to the point where we could charge, yeah, higher numbers and, and make, like, decent money off, off these little, off these gigs that we were doing, so. Totally. Yeah. And, but, a, but a big thing about that, too, is, like, I mean, it always varies depending on what, um like what niche you're in, like if you're a photographer, if you're a videographer, if you're like a model, like every, your rates are always going to be different and yeah. your packages are going to be different and your experience level is different. Um, so like one big thing too, that I find with a lot of those services like video or photo, like what you need to do is, is network and cause you want that higher tier client mm-hmm. right? for a videographer. You don't want to do work with small businesses that can yeah. afford you, right? You want to work with higher brands. Yeah. And, and bigger companies like malls, right? Yeah. So with that, it's like you need a network. You need to like build up that that repertoire uh, between like all the people that you've met and like having someone on your team. Like exactly, like maybe you're not the best person to go meet with clients or, or build those relationships, exactly, yeah. but you have someone who can. Yeah. So that's the thing too is a lot of people go, well, I'll do everything, but sometimes you're not good. So instead of trying to get better at what you're bad at, yeah, like go all in on what you're good at, exactly, and then have someone else help you with that. Yeah. And you know, it's a lot easier to to split or have some sort of commission for that person, exactly, yeah, than to just like just dive in all by yourself and, and try and do everything because it's tough. I agree, hundred percent. Yeah, and that was uh, that was what we found out worked really well. Is like we you would. Like, I'll use an example. Like, we started, um, like, we were working part-time jobs at the time because it wasn't paying, like, it wasn't paying well enough to be able to do it full-time. And at our part-time jobs, like, I don't know if this is, I don't know if it's a good thing to do, like, whether, like, soliciting at your own job um, is is a good practice. But, like, we would 
work at coffee shops where we would work at wherever we were, whatever we were doing. Yeah. And like we would give like our business cards out, like while we were working at. Hey, if it works, it works. Like our our boss didn't care. Like he was he was totally fine with that. He yeah. like wanted us to pursue our careers and like, yeah, we would tell people about like what we do and like give them our card. They would check it out, and we got so much like like positive feedback from just doing that and like we actually got like gigs doing that we got like we even got like flown out to like la just to do like uh i don't know yeah like Like a personal brand video wasn't it? yeah yeah it was it was just because of these small connections that we made being like good genuine people that they saw our work and they're like oh like i'll add two and two together like good people good work like let's work with these people yeah and i think it all like at the start really does come down to building these um like these personal relations with people rather than just showing your like it, yeah like we talked about you can't you can't just like throw your business cards at like everyone like some yeah. people just go oh i'm just going to jump on every facebook page yeah. every everywhere and i'm just going to blast all my stuff like my services and then like you lose your credibility mm-hmm. when you do that right when you just like nova blast everything out there and pray that someone gets back to you versus how you're doing it building meaningful relationships yeah. with people and they're like whoa like this person actually cares about me loves what i do and then i love what they do yeah. and you create that relationship they're way way more likely to to work with you or recommend you to a friend and that's how word of mouth grows exactly right? and if you think about it like you're seeing like 50 ads on facebook from the same company that you just keep getting targeted by yeah. um and you kind of wonder, like, who's behind this? Like, is, it seems like it's just, like, a, a faceless, um, targeted ad that I'm getting. Absolutely. And, like, what means, what's more important to you, like, having that face-to-face conversation with this person or getting 50 targeted ads that you're like, I just want to stop seeing this. Totally. And, um, yeah, it's just, like, a faceless attack, kind of. But that, and, like, this is me kind of going into to marketing things, but... Like, obviously, 100%, like, referral-based and meeting with clients and people in person and building that relationship firsthand is the best thing to do. So that's why I always recommend people. Yeah. Because um, we, I mean, actually, we're at, uh, me and Alicia were at an event the other night. And by the way, we do the same thing. We always carry a magazine with us yeah. because that's our business card. It's like, everyone comes up, they're like, oh, like, nice magazine. Like, I've, I've always loved that magazine. Like, it's, it's so cool and yeah. interesting. And then we're like, yeah, we made it. And they're like, wait, what? Like yeah. we, we went to that uh, the calculus opening. Um, it was an event like down just downtown, it's a couple streets over. Yeah. And and everyone there, like nobody everybody knew about the magazine, but nobody knew about us. Right. So we were just like, Yeah, like we run the magazine. There were some uh, some other business owners there and like we built relationships. So we'll probably be advertising with these people, perhaps in the in the future. But it was building that relationship it was important, mm-hmm. right? And then when it comes to social media advertising, like you were saying, the mindless barrage of ads, yeah. it's true. I, I've, and I was like, we were, even before we started this podcast, I was like going through my Instagram and I see this ad and I'm like, oh, why would you do, it was a photographer. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was one photographer one and one website one where someone just launched a website for selling candles. Yeah. And it was just like the worst quality pictures, the worst like copy, like the writing, mm-hmm. um, and it was just a mindless mirage. Like there was no, there was no uniqueness to it. There was no, uh, it wasn't pleasing on the eyes, right. you know? So when you create, um, like not ads aren't necessarily bad, No, but, but like, uh, if you're going to do it, do it right. Exactly. And that's right? what I'm saying. I'm not saying ads are pointless, like 
just waste of money. Like I, I've seen ads that have been targeted towards me that I have either Work. bought their product yeah. or like I've really been interested in like either like let's say I subscribe to, I subscribe to their content and, right. and it worked, but I've seen it more times where it doesn't work. And I just, I do like, I do, I don't want to see this. Yeah. You don't want to see it anymore. Yeah. 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 Um, but that's what I'm saying is like when you're starting out, you don't have to think that, um, ads are going to be your like saving grace. Like, yes, you shouldn't rely on, you shouldn't crutch on them. Right. A lot of people just throw all their cash at, like, they'll spend like $250 on, on an ad or like a boosted post and be like, I, I didn't get any sales. And it was like a, like an iPhone photo. Exactly. Of a camera. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I'm trying to say is like when you're starting out, like kind of like, yeah, you start, like I always say like start small when you like, totally. when you are small, just mm. because like, like have this big, have a big picture in, in the goal. But when you're starting out, like don't jump to the very, the biggest option that like don't overextend yourself. Yeah, exactly. You know, stay within your means. Yeah. And, Okay, so we're back. We just had to take a little breather because apparently there is a dog that is possibly dying on my floor. Screaming. It, 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 a dog screaming. It oh, doesn't like to be left alone. No, it's still uh it's still back. I can still hear it, but uh, <laughs> we'll just we'll just power through it. Yeah, Hopefully so, the dog go to bed. Sorry if uh you can hear a barking dog. It's not mine. Okay, so let's just keep going. Hopefully the dog kinda um yeah. I, I think it'll pass. We'll be good. We'll be good. Okay, so go ahead. um yeah, I think the thing we want to talk about now is just like how to actually turn that into a brand. And we kind of touched on it. Building building a brand when you start, it, it's very it's very easy to get distracted with um, the bells and whistles rather than the actual like car itself. Yeah. Um, so, for example, yes, business cards, gear, all that stuff is important, but it's not necessarily what your brand is about. Mm-hmm. Building a brand is more about like who you are and the company is personally, what they're about or it is about. Yeah. And um, being able to convey that message to both your customer and the uh, the company that you're going to be working with. Mm-hmm. Right. So just just because like you you build like let's say a website, websites are great. But being able to show the personality of the business yeah. through that website, because you know maybe you don't want to be that cut and dry business, right? Like we like we're working on your uh, website, personal one, mm-hmm. and we could have been cut and dry, really boring, and just been like, "Hey, here's how many views you got, yeah. and that's it." Or we can add like a humor point of it and show a personality side to you right. that people will stick around for. You know, to like agree, see yeah. and 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 read through all of your stuff on your website. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think um, like one thing that I when I first started trying to build this brand, what I kind of lacked was a sense of like direction and what like where I wanted to go and like what I th- could offer people. Like right. I thought just my skill was would stand alone. And right. When people came to me and they're like, okay, what? Like, what do you want to do and what can you do for us? Like, I would be like, uh, mm-hmm. I can make you a video. Like, true. I needed to kind of have some like backing to what I was saying. And there, I didn't really sit down and like figure out like a mission statement and like figure out like the business plan. Yeah. It was kind of just, oh, yeah, I'll just make, I'll just do what I like to do and people will appreciate right. that. And then once money came into like actual, when money came into play, yeah. 
that's when it came and that's when it like started getting real and I was like okay this is people are paying for this stuff I need to focus and actually like consider this as a business rather than just something yeah. that, I, that I'm doing as a hobby so yeah you can't just keep kicking stuff around and yeah. pretend that it's gonna work yeah. and I yeah you, you just have to like sit down with yourself and and maybe the people that you're working with and mm-hmm. actually like develop a, a strategy and that was that's probably my biggest like advice when you're first starting out is like yeah it just it take it seriously i guess and yeah and know what your brand is yeah right having having no direction on brand is like killer because i know some people that don't have direction on brand mm-hmm. and um like for example they might be a what's I, I like to use photographers because they're so diverse yeah um but we'll say it's a photographer uh or even a model actually let's do because we haven't talked about models before right. okay, let's say it's a model this is the best way to do it actually um so let's say you have a model right Mm -hmm. and she's um she's just actually this is relevant because this has actually come up in conversation we had i had this conversation with uh, ashley Payne, who's the influencer she's in toronto right now um so what happens is let's say you're a model or an influencer and you don't have a direction on your brand Mm -hmm. but you just start um start taking everything yeah right you're like yeah, I'll do swimsuits, I'll do hiking gear, mm-hmm. I'll do um, tea, I'll do I'm trying to think what's a, toasters, like something really random, right? Yeah. You're just off brand, you don't have a personal brand, you don't have anything. It's harder to score deals with companies. And on top of that, all of the companies are like, well, we don't know what your brand is about. Right. We don't know how we'll match with your your, um, your audience. And then on top of that, you, you lose basically the engagement of your audience because they're just like what's going on yeah like i came here it's hard to follow something yeah. that you're not interested in exactly so maybe they came there for swimsuits yeah right or just like travel stuff in swimsuits and she's talking about Toasters. a keurig or a toaster yeah. and they're like why am i here like yeah. well i don't want to see this anymore so that's that's what i mean like a big thing is like if you don't have a solid brand or you don't know the direction the niche you well. lose your clients yeah Right or your potential clients. Yeah, could have been the best company in the world. You might have just lost them. Yeah, and niche, like the word niche does get thrown around a lot, and like so, yeah. it is such like a, I don't know. It's like cliche to always use that in in like conversation, but yeah, I think like without knowing where where you stand in like in the market is tough. You can't just you can't just always call yourself a lifestyle um, influencer or whatever. Like it's it's. There's there's more than just lifestyle. Yeah, like that's kind of that's that's an easy way of just saying your lifestyle and you do toasters to swimsuits to makeup. Like yeah, it's a little bit broad to start off. Yeah. Um, but like like solidifying yourself in in I guess a niche is it's probably one of the hardest things that I've had to had to like figure Decide. out. Yeah, because it feels like it feels like you're narrowing yourself down and like your skills. You remember in high school when they told you to pick what you're going to be for the rest of your life? Yeah. Isn't that what it feels like? Yeah. You yeah. know, where you're like, I don't, I don't know. Like, do I want to commit to this for the rest of my life? Yeah. That's kind of the thing. So I that's agree. why it's it's nice to, I mean, as a as a videographer, photographer, and influencer, you have the ability to make those changes if you so choose. Yeah. Or just create another brand entirely. Exactly. But it, it does look really good um, if you do know, like, where you are in the market. Like, you're totally. like, okay, this is what I do. Like, I make cooking... Or I take like I do food photography. Yes. And that's what I specialize in. Yeah. It looks like you have a lot more credibility 
when you're like, yeah, I enjoy taking pictures of food. I like taking pictures of animals too. Like it, it, I don't know. There's something about it that you have some sort of power when, when you're a specialist, Yeah. when you've specialized in one niche or uh, topic. Exactly. But way better. You're more like as a specialist, you're more likely to secure the brands in your field. Yeah. Like, okay. So if you threw two people, two photographers at the same place, right? And yeah. they're both up for this gig. Let's use uh, weddings. Weddings. Yeah. You have two wedding photographers uh, and one bride who is ready to get married in the next week. Yeah. If you have one of them that's, uh, that is hyper-specialized to P&W, Pacific Northwest photography, um, very moody, um, yeah. it's all outdoors, right? Yeah. Versus a travel wedding photographer who shoots in like Cairo, right? yeah. like in Egypt or in all these other majestic places around the world. Yeah. Um, if this girl who's getting married goes, all right, I know for a fact I want to I wanna get married in uh, British Columbia. Mm-hmm. The person who's doing the travel and the person who does PNW, she, yeah. the PNW girl is going to get picked 100%. Yes, the other one might have the most amazing landscapes in the world and takes beautiful like uh, shots wherever they are. Mm-hmm. But the thing about it is this bride's like, cool, I, I see that you take shots in like Dubai and all these other fancy places, but I don't see anything on your portfolio of like a wedding in like a barn in like the yeah. middle of the woods in like, I don't know where the nice place is. So like Whistler, I don't know. Yeah. Like somewhere like that. Um, she's not going to pick her no matter how outstanding that work is because she doesn't see herself in that place. Mm-hmm. So the, the P&W girl is going to get the, the wedding 100%. Yeah. And that's what a lot of photographers need to understand is like, or wedding photographers, um, don't just take on every single person that comes through the door. Right. You don't want to, you don't want to sign a deal with someone. And then that person's like, I want you to make your work look just like this girl's. Well, that's like, if that happened to me, which, um, it either has or it will at some point. Um, if that happened to me, I would like cut my losses and say like that, that's, that's your yeah it's your loss like, yeah go with that other person yeah like i can't do i this is what i do i'm not gonna learn a different style a different style just yeah. for one one shot or one shoot yeah um you don't have to be that like eager something i don't think it's eager i think it's just like desperate yeah like, like i you're desperate to get that client contract that you're like oh i can't pass it up i need to you know learn or, or bend to their will yeah so stick yeah. to your Stick to your guns, I guess. Stick to your roots, yeah. Stuff that does suit what you do will come your way if your work is, if it's quality, I guess. Oh, yeah. If you've got quality work in your uh, sector, 100%, you're going to find all of the clients you need. Yeah. Um, Like, we went, when we went to the event the other night, there was a wedding photographer who just started wedding photography, just started. Yeah. She's been in it for maybe two months. She has seven weddings booked Mm -hmm. already for for, um, the next summer. Yeah. Like, I was like, what did you do? And she's like, nothing. I just started, like, doing my... I started taking... Um, she did styled wedding shoots, mm-hmm. right? And then she's got an amazing style. And then as she as she started doing that, she started, you know, changing her... Or, like, her Instagram, for example. She mm-hmm. started saying, like, oh, like, I've got... Um, 
I'm now opening weddings, booking weddings. Yeah. Seven weddings. Right. It was crazy. I was like, this girl just made seven times, I don't know, like, what's a usual wedding package? Probably like $3,000. Mm-hmm. That's... I don't know math, but that's a lot of money. <laughs> like seriously, yeah. it's, it's just it's easy if you're good at what you do. Right. That's the thing. But people need to love you for your style, not for what you should be changing. Like exactly. That. Yeah. So let's kind of wrap this up by giving a piece of advice. So like, what if you were just starting? If you were back to just starting out and like you had no clients, all you like all you had was your skill. What what do you recommend people do? Like what can what can you Okay. What's, what's something that you could tell people that like don't give them like a specific direction to go, but like a little bit of guidance in what they can do to to further their um Okay. So if I was just starting out in an industry and I had the skill. Yeah. Right? Yeah. If I was just starting out in an industry and I had the skill, um I would one hundred percent just like dedicate myself to building a brand. Mm-hmm. Like dedicate to getting uh even better at my craft. Yeah. But pushing out tremendous amounts of content like do um do example work do tons Mm -hmm. of example work um do maybe like behind the scenes of how you build that so show people that there's actual work that goes into it not just not just like you click a button for example and it's done um i would show them the work i would be an expert build my expert um kind of like profile or, Mm -hmm. or just what i do into my brand and then after I've done that for a little bit, I would start going to events or building my, um, going to events or going to meetups and building my network. Yeah. And just being that go-to person for um, whatever sector of work that I am in. Yeah. That's what I would do. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. What about you? Okay. So this might be like completely like bad advice but I, no I, no no it's it's everyone has a different opinion yeah, everybody does things differently. i hope that this um makes sense but so like what i would do if i was starting out again is i think like i'm happy with how i kind of took the direction when i first started up by like kind of creating out of just the joy of like experimenting with with um the camera so like like i said i would go out on weekends and i would film things that i like to film that i think look good and I would probably recommend just to like experiment with with your style and start just making content, like whether that be like photography or videos, just start producing something and put it on a platform that can be seen by by anybody. Yeah, like use social media for, as your tool. Like I know a lot of people, I've seen it a lot where people like on Twitter will do something really cool like that looks like very out of the box, like whether it be like, I'll use an example of food photography. Like I saw a guy, he got like a hundred mil macro lens and took these like crazy pictures of like strawberries inside carbonated, uh, like soda, like club soda. He put the strawberries and you could see with that macro lens, like all the little like bubbles on the strawberries. And he posted that to Twitter and it blew up. People like just loved seeing like something different. And, then you kind of just started riding that wave of like posting things that were trend or that could trend and get seen a bunch. And he would just, every post that he would get or every post that he would put up would just like blow up and people loved the stuff that he was putting out. So you kind of figured out what was working. And I think that really speaks to what you can do on social media with your, with your skill. Like there is that complete 
like digital side of um, marketing your work rather than doing it like face to face. Right. So yeah, I don't know. I, I I don't know exactly what that means, but but uh... <laughs> okay. So that's that's I guess that's our that's our two cents to anybody who's like listening or watching or, tr- or trying to understand like what we would do a- in a position of starting from the ground up, um, which we've, we know very well because we've only been there like a couple of years ago. Yeah. Right. So I would honestly just like recommend exactly what we just said. Um, everybody operates differently. Nobody has the exact same path they take in life. So always choose what you think feels best for you. Yeah. And that's yeah. And I think if, if you do notice that like it's really slow and things aren't like you're not getting it like feeling that traction that you should feel it all it it comes down to time and like the work that you're putting like maybe you're trying like really hard to get noticed and your your work just yeah you you don't feel like your work's being seen like that happens and that's that's happened to me it's probably happened to you oh yeah Um, it happens to everybody and just keep at it don't get discouraged but it's long game yeah it it took it took like two years. Well, it took, um, well, the careers magazine was three, three years in the making. Yeah. Well, we didn't even know it existed. Right. You, you started doing this full time after what? Like two years of going hard. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, everybody, it, it's long game. It doesn't happen in a month. Yeah. You can't expect that it's just going to take off like right yeah. away. Um, yeah. Just keep persevering at it and, um, put in that work. And I, I if you're, if you're that confident in what you're doing and you just keep going at it w- with that same mentality all the way through, um, there's no reason why you shouldn't see something come out of it. Exactly. So yeah, I think uh, I think we've talked enough about this topic for now. Um, yeah, closing out 15 minutes. Yeah, I don't even know. I, I'm not too sure where this has gone, but uh, I hope this helped some of you. Um, I think we're going to finish this off for today and we will be back next week. Not sure what the topic is, but by this time, you guys will hopefully have heard these two episodes and um, have some sort of input on what you want to hear. But if not, we'll just keep uh, we'll keep talking about random topics that we feel like we have some sort of knowledge in. And uh, yeah, do you have anything to close this off? No, I, I think we I think we pretty much covered everything we could in that small time span. So I know someone's going to get something out of it, which is makes me happy. Um, but yeah. Hold hold tight till next week, and we'll we'll come up with some more topics and suggestions that we can uh, that we can talk about in the next one, and uh, we'll see you then. But I just want to say thank you. Guys. <laughs> okay, go. I just want to say thank you guys for listening. Um, I know sometimes this does sound like ideas are either like going nowhere or they're stuck in our heads, but um, like I'm trying to we're trying to come up up with this stuff on the fly, and yeah, it, it's it's tough, but. We will continue to kind of grow these ideas and um, get better at it every time. But thank you for sticking with us right now. We're learning. Just We're like learning. It's, it's, uh, it's fun, but just getting these ideas out of my head and uh, into this microphone is, is the struggle. But thanks for uh, checking us out. And we will be back next weekend, and uh, we'll talk to you then. <laughs>